Awesome. One second. Thanks, guys. All right. Good morning. My name's Matt. Um, if you're new here, uh, welcome. Um, man, I'm really loud. You might want to turn me down a bit just in case I get um, passionate or something. Um, awesome. Thank you. Can you hear me all right? Okay. Awesome. Um, if you have your Bibles, guys, I'm just going to jump straight into um, our verse um, for this morning. Um, I'm going to be reading from, or just really quickly, um, from Exodus chapter 13. We're going to go um, verses 17 to 18. And then if you can put like a note maybe on, um, on Exodus 14 um, and then verses 15 and 16. I'm just going to read these out real quick. Okay, um, so this is Israel. <clears throat> this is Moses taking Israel, a nation that's been in slavery, <clears throat> out of slavery, um, and, and onto a walk um, to the promised land kind of thing. This is the beginning of it all. So it says here, when Pharaoh uh, left the people, God did not, uh, sorry, when, when Pharaoh left, the, let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led, them to, led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea, and um, the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Um, and then jump over to 14 for me now. Thanks, guys. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to, to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. That, um, that is an awesome few verses. And um, that is essentially the beginning of um, Israel's walk onto the promised land, right? Um, I, I, if I'm going to give my message, uh, I suppose, a title this morning, it's going to be um, The Power of God in Our Lives or in an Everyday Kind of Lifestyle and what it what that looks like. Um, so hopefully I'll have a few opportunities this morning to share a few fun stories with you and, and see, what, see where God takes us. But um, pretty much, first of all, what we need to, or what I want us to understand this morning is that um, when we're in Christ, or when we, once, once we've come to know Christ, He has given us an author- or power and authority to do what he's, what he's done. Okay, so He's actually said, everything that I've done um, I'm equipping you also to do. And that's a, that's a big deal um, for us because he did some pretty radical stuff. I don't know if you've read the gospel recently, but the stuff that he, the stuff that he went about doing, the miracles and all that amazing stuff, um, he, didn't, he, didn't limit it. he didn't limit us to, to uh, any of it. He never said that it was, this is me only. He actually invited every single one of us into that walk. Um, yeah, amen. So pretty much... Power looks different, or the power of God looks different in every single one of our lives. I understand that we are all wired differently. We all have different character and personalities. But there's two, um, there's two major or key points in the power of God that I wanted to touch on this morning. Um, and that is um, healing and sharing uh, what the gospel calls um, proclaiming the kingdom. Okay, so um, I understand there's other ways to go about using or working in God's power. Um, they're two major ones for me um, in my life and especially what I see in, for example, um, like in the, book, in the book of Luke, right, it says uh, Jesus sends out disciples and, and he, he says to them, proclaim the kingdom and heal the sick. And it's the same in 
Matthew where he just says, cast out demons, all this other crazy stuff. Heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom. That's like the two. I consider those two kind of like the one-two punch of evangelism, if you want to call it that. It's kind of like a right hook and a left hook. Pretty much everything about um, the, en- the enemy hates or loves, the enemy loves the, hey kids, the enemy loves um, using the carnal mind against God. So in Romans 8, uh, 7, if we can get that up there, thanks guys, it says that the sinful or, or flesh mind is hostile to God and it does not submit to God's law nor can it do so. Pretty much outside of Christ, my my flesh or my mind is uh, wages war against God, okay? So when the one-two punch of evangelism comes in with healing and sharing the kingdom, we're, we're sharing God's love and revealing that he wants us healed. That's, a, that's, that's the way we do things in the kingdom. That's how it works. And so we're revealing that to the carnal mind and we actually step um, inside or step in the tracks of someone else's mind and, and cause them to kind of take a step back and go, where did that come from? And that makes no sense. And it doesn't make any sense to our mind if, that, if, um, if you're following what I'm saying. It's kind, of like, it's kind of like it just really messes someone's life right up. It's like throwing, it's literally like taking a can of fireworks in their brain and just opening it up and just exploding. They're left with just this whole big can of worms that they've got questions to answer and stuff like that. That's what... That's what um, that's what healing and sharing the kingdom does. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that are fighting fights with one hand and thinking that they can go about, you know, bringing the kingdom down with just one fist. But I, I want to tell you guys this morning that God does want us healed physically, right? We're, we are um, we're part of a Pentecostal church, and this is something that was big or uh, something that Andrew actually shared with me very uh, recently, is that um, if we... If, we're born kind of out of a time of Pentecost, meaning or uh, the, the church, the early church um, being born out of a time when Pentecost came, so they were moving in the Holy Spirit, the works of the Holy Spirit, and that's where we come from. That's where we want to be, and that's how we want to operate. Not that, any other, not that other churches don't have that, but that's where we're aspiring, I suppose you could say. Now, a Pentecostal church doesn't mean that we come in here to do Pentecostal things and go out there to do normal things. Does that make sense? This is, this is not our Pentecostal playground. It's kind of like our, our, lives, our lives go beyond Sunday morning and we take it out or we take Holy Spirit with us into our jobs, families, friendships, all that kind of stuff. That's the beauty of Holy Spirit is that he, he'll follow you. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, and I might sound like at times a bit of a broken record. If, if you're around me long enough, those two things sound like that's all that I want to talk about, or um, that's all that's big on my heart, and that's because that is really big on my heart, and I don't, I don't actually apologize for that. It's a big deal. So pretty much when I, when I got born again, all that I could think about was who am I going to tell, about, who am I going to tell next about Christ? Who, am I, who, who else can get healed and who else can, um, who else can know who Jesus is? So, I mean, it's big on my heart because it's big in the Bible, so it's not my idea, which is, which is good. I don't have to, I'm not making this up. Um, the reason we operate in God's power is because it works as a catalyst into an encounter or, a, or, or the start of a journey with God, okay? So, in, so like what we read in Exodus 13, can we jump back to there, please, Laura? Thank you very much. <clears throat> These, the Israelites had originally an option to go to Philistine country, and that says that it was easier or shorter and more convenient. 
Isn't that interesting? God said, we're not going to take the, the convenient option. We're actually going to go the longer route and go through the water. That's, that's kind of like, why do that? It says here that, we were, that they were going to go Philistine country, but the battles actually was the reason that we didn't go there. And God said, no, we're going to take them this direction. The, the battles would have caused them to want to even come back into Egypt, into, back into their slavery, right? So here's the thing. Some of us have this set plan of, of taking someone or wanting, to, in, in the best intention, wanting them to, to know who Christ is and taking them through our Philistine country. Like, um, I don't know about you, but I had this really, this really poor um, vision or at least kind of backup plan in my mind that, okay, it's easier for me not to share the gospel with this person. Rather, I'll wait until they're, 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 you know, maybe they're, they're in hospital um, and, you know, they're at their last straw kind of thing, and they're in, you know, they're, they're at a weak stage in their life, and then I'll tell them about Christ. Has anyone else had that sneaky thought that kind of pops up? It's just me. Um, okay, but pretty much that was me before being born again. I was like, ah, we'll just wait till the last minute, and then we'll, you know, we'll give them the gospel then. That's, that's, not, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's happened that, like, that's, I think there's churches that actually do that. They wait till someone's on their deathbed before they tell them about Christ. That falls short of the price that, that Jesus paid for you and I to walk in freedom, right? That falls very, that falls short by a long mile. My, uh, one of my um, favorite, one of my favorite evangelists, his name is Todd White, he says that, um, he says that we don't have to wait for tragedy to reach majesty. We don't have to wait until our last breath before we can actually introduce Christ or we can look like Christ. We're actually called to be a, to be a part of that now today, and that's the, that's part of the price that was paid, right? So there's a peop, there's there's people in here even there's people in here probably that you could I won't get you to put your hand up, but there's people in here that are actually Christians or follow Christ because God showed up in power one day. Like some of us have actually had the gospel proclaimed to us and therefore we're here as a result, right? But pretty much there are people around us who need the power of God to be evident in our lives to catalyze a journey in their life. Okay, the power of God is not just a big fun show to put on where he parts the sea and it's all, you know, it's, you know, it's all good and fun and we walk through it because it's a fun miracle. It's the beginning of a journey for a whole nation. And so it can be the beginning of a journey for a whole town quite easily for God. That's the way the power works. And every single one of us is equipped in doing all of that stuff. The thing is, is that Christ doesn't limit us um, based on who we are. It's not like, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily like you know, we'll just let the Billy Grahams do it all and we'll let the, the, big, the big name evangelist do his work. Every single one of us has been equipped and we're all the same, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us, right? So that's, that's you and I included. Now, I understand um, that each and every one of us, uh, we're all wired differently, which is good. It's a very good thing that you don't look, that you're not like me in many ways. So every single one of us has our own unique character and it looks different for you to walk in the power than it does for me to walk in the power. I, I was pretty bent um, when I was a lot younger, not that much younger, but well, I was pretty bent a few years back um, on, on sharing the gospel in a certain way, you know, like it's got to look this way or healing's got to look uh, that way. 
and I've grown up since then. But pretty much, um, I was pretty bent on a certain direction about how it has to look. And I've, I've kind of grown up and learnt that every single one of us is unique in, in working in God's power. It's good that it's different in you than it is in me. And it's good, it's good that it looks different for God to operate in power than it does for me. It's not okay that you and I put a limit around God's ability to work through, my, and through our uniqueness. That's not okay. It is okay that it looks different in me than it does in you. It's not okay that we put a box around our own lives and, our, and God's ability to work through you and I. Because he's paid quite a big price to work through us and in us. That's a big deal for him. <clears throat> so each of us is kind of like called to the work of evangelism. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily like, um, okay, all the, all the extroverts, um, you, go, you go preach the good news, and then introverts, well, you just think some uplifting thoughts and, um, and pray in the corner as often as you can, um, all that kind of stuff. We're all called to pray, and we're all called to preach the good news, but it's not, we're not categorized. It doesn't say, if you are extroverted, tell someone about Jesus. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound as though there is only one way to do it. But, you, but every single one of us is, has a creative mind. You all have different abilities and skills. I know of people that have a heart for music, and so they'll go out to uh, music festivals, um, different music festivals, and take opportunities to pray for somebody. Um, or people that, um, obviously people that are artistic, using that opportunity to actually proclaim the kingdom and write prophetic messages through painting and things like that. Some of you can cook. If you can cook, you're the Billy Graham of your street. Like, no joke. If you can bake a cake, you can actually, you can actually bless someone with things like that. I work, so I work at a bakery. If I can give bread over to someone that wasn't prepared to receive bread, and it's just bread, and then they have, they, their carnal mind has to, has to step back and go, what's in it for you? Why? And if I come in the name of Christ, then that leaves them with only one answer, and that is, well, he's, he's representing Christ. That's the only option. And I'm not saying that we go through and kind of like, like, because maybe some of us are good at gardening, I don't know. If, if I'm going around kind of pulling weeds out of people's houses <laughs> and not telling them who I represent, then that's an issue too, because then we just got a whole bunch of people pulling weeds out and no one knowing what's going on, like, why are you doing this? It's good that we represent Christ in, in just the way that we speak, you know, like you, you can, you can actually just, you can actually confess, you can, you can pretty much preach, not preach, you can, you can uh, share the gospel with the beginning question of what are you doing this weekend? It's as simple as that. How many of us are here on a Sunday and all you've got to say is, oh, I'll be at church on Sunday. That's it. And then that's the beginning of a conversation. I don't even know how many conversations I've had just, just like that. Some of us think, like, when we, go, when we hear stuff like evangelism, we think we've got to walk on the water before someone can, you know, learn about Christ. It's like we've been given little opportunities, and it looks different for you to, to pray for someone or to um, operate in, in the power than it does for me. So I'm, I'm growing up in this, and I haven't barely scratched the surface, I believe, of what I'm capable of. But I, when I first learnt this, I refused to sit here and I, when I first learned about this, I refused to say or hear about a, a testimony of somebody, um, you know, praying for someone, telling them that, that Jesus loved them or, or just seeing some kind of small miracle. I refused to sit there and go, that's great for them. 
instantly I said, how do I, how do I join in? What can I do and how can I get involved? I, I, I don't like the idea of putting any limits on myself, although I'm fighting things like fear and timidity. I, I want to operate in every single gift. I don't want to be the master of like everything. I just want to be able to move in the way that God allows me to move. And that's that open, those open hands is what allows God to, to, to bring people to know him. It's the love, it's the love that we carry that actually speaks or witnesses to people and comes up against their carnal mind. So they just, they just have no choice but to go, what on earth is wrong with you? Like I've had, I've had people that just like, what's, what's in it for you, man? And all I've done is just simply like stop, take five minutes out of my day just to say like, hey, man, you know, do you know that God loves you? And, and someone will flip. They'll just be like, oh, okay. And it seems weird and sometimes it gets awkward. I'm talking really awkward. There's times where like, there's times where I, I, I talk to people and they're like, it's that awkward. And they're like, what religion are you? And I'm tempted to just go, oh, I'm a Jehovah's Witness and run off. You know, like, and like, it's just not, like, don't do that. But I've been tempted to do that. You don't, you shouldn't do that. But um, pretty much, pretty much that's how, there's times where it, it gets so sticky. I'm just like, this, this is not fun. But I know that I'm building character out of it. Like little things like that. It's just, it's amazing. The first time I ever told somebody, the first time I ever told somebody uh, that Jesus loved them was the scariest experience um, that I'd had in about 18 years. And um, pretty much, pretty much I had, where, where I was at home, I was home alone. Mum and dad being business owners, we get, you get um, phone calls um, from people wanting to talk about business stuff. And um, one of them, well, not even business stuff, one of them was the telecom marketer. And everybody gets telecom marketers, right? Everybody. Pretty much I had this telecom marketer <laughs> ring up, and I've been, I've been on my heart for like months, like I've got to tell someone this, uh, that Jesus loves them. And that's, that sounds nuts, but that was big on my heart. That's the most cliche thing you could say as a Christian. Jesus loves you. Like that's so corny. But, but pretty much that was big on my heart and it, it bothered me that, it, that I'd seen it work. It bothered me that I'd seen fruit in the simple task of telling someone that Jesus loved them. And so I, I had to get it out like I had to tell somebody and I've got this telecom marketer on the phone. I'm thinking this guy's he's got to hear something. <laughs> like, you know what it's like? They like call up and like, can I please speak to the business manager pretty much? And like I've got, I've got like a few seconds of it stalling and working out where it's going to fit in. How am I going to tell him really quickly and not, be, not make things awkward? And um, so he's like, okay, no worries. I'll, I'll call back later. And I've got like a few seconds because I've, you know, like no one's home. I've said, no, sorry, mum and dad aren't home. And um, <clears throat> I've got a few seconds left to say that God loves him. And we're, about to, we're both about to hang up. And I'm just like, my heart's pounding. I'm like, before he hangs up, I'm like, Jesus loves you. Bang. And I just slammed the phone down. <laughs> That was the first time that I ever told someone that God loved them, and that was scary. I actually did a lap of the house. I was that shocked. Like, I couldn't, I'm like, having to get oxygen. It was nuts. But pretty much, little things like that, like, people hear stories about me stepping out like that. Do you understand that that's where it started? I told a telecom marketer that, it, that Jesus loves him. That's weird. That's, that, you would think that there's no fruit in that, and you would think that that was totally pointless. But every single one of us, gets telecom marketers, right? How many, like, if, if you really don't like telecom marketers, you'll preach to them, and they won't, 
they probably won't call back. I don't recommend that you don't try and get them to call back. But what I'm saying is that every single one of us has this much of a gap to talk to someone. It's not that hard. You're not going to see the telecom marketer and you're probably not, you're never going to see his face and you'll probably never get the same guy twice. But pretty much how small is that encounter? And every time we actually, we, when we get a call like that, we think of it as just an inconvenience. Like when pe people are not an inconvenience, people are an opportunity. How often do we go into town? It's like I, I, I try to make a priority. When I'm going to town, I'm not going in. I'm not going in to buy milk. I'm going in to speak to someone and there'll be milk there, so I may as well get the milk too. <laughs> like that's, that's the focus. There's times where, I, where it's not easy, but that's, that's, the, that's what's in the front of my mind now. And it's been like that for about three years and it's consuming me. But like I'm not... I'm not um, I refuse to put a limit on myself and I refuse to categorize people and to say, well, you're really good at doing it that way and you're, you should probably only do it this way. I, I want to encourage you guys to allow God to chip away at, who, at your identity. Allow God to chip away at who it is that you say that you are because if you know my story, you know that, it's, that, I, was not, uh, that I was not always like that. Like all of my teenage years, I was the guy that would shake and tremble <clears throat> at the idea of having to tell someone uh, that God loved them. I would avoid outreach uh, youth group events because that would put me outside the church where people would see me in a Christian event. That scared me big time. I was the guy that was one of, what were we, three Christians in our year level, Josiah. It was like not, not many of us. And I was freaked out by the idea of someone knowing that I was a Christian. Like Josiah would post things on Facebook like, he would preach stuff on Facebook, and I'm thinking, how does he do that? <laughs> like, I don't, know, I don't know how anyone can work up the courage to write something on Facebook. And I remember pastors saying things like, it's not, that it's not enough that we just, that people know that we're Christians by our Facebook. And I remember thinking, people don't even know that I'm a Christian by my Facebook. <laughs> and yet he's having a go at these people. I'm like, I can't even tell someone that God loves them. How am I supposed to... How am I supposed to step out in the street like but the, the worst part was is that that's all that I wanted was for someone to know Christ that there was people in my life that didn't know him and so that's a terrible mix that you don't want them to know that you're a Christian but you want them to know Christ that's that's a tough life I was in a lot of torment we're pretty much we all have that desire and it, it, it sometimes we want we think we have to preach at our close relatives and family instead of instead of just being being like Christ in, in the corners of our life and, and stepping out with strangers, people that we don't know. Like some of you have so many different skills. If you're good at gift giving, give some gifts. Tell them, throw in a sneaky like God loves you and see what they do. Like little things like that that actually give God this much more room than he had last time. So, so many things that God, that God, so many areas that God wants to move in that, um, that, we, that we sometimes shut off. Um, pretty much all of us are entrusted with the Holy Spirit. And God, God gives that out on His will. It's his, he desires that. More than you want the Holy Spirit, He wants to give Him to you. Right? And sometimes we think, you know, well, healing. What if someone doesn't get healed? Or what if I'm misrepresenting God by somebody not getting healed? 
We need to step out of the mindset that we're like the Pope and we represent an entire religion. Like you, the world, the world is getting enough, or God is getting enough bad rap just by people turning on the news in the morning. There's nothing that you can do that can make them do a total 180. You don't possess that, possess that much power to have somebody turn the entire different direction. Like if you, you taking five minutes out of your day and somebody not getting healed in that five minutes is a better witness than the news in the morning. The news every morning says bad stuff that people go, well, where's God, right? And we think that we're going to interfere with someone's life because something didn't go down the way we planned it to. It's time that we take out the what ifs and start stepping up with like the how can I do this and what does it look like when God does this? Little things like that. Um, a few stories or one particular story that, that I want to share what's coming to my mind is um, a, a few years back, I remember it was the Thursday night where it, oh, I was on my way to young adults. Um, I was just at Subway, just kind of like, just kind of like uh, parked near Subway, and I remember seeing this one guy um, walk past with a huge limp, like could barely lift one of his legs. And um, this was pretty late. I remember being, well, what time? Would have been about 8 o'clock or 8.30. It was dark, I remember. And um, pretty much I walked up to this guy because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what's, what's a small um, conversation going to do if I see if I can pray for this guy? And if nothing happens, then so be it but at least tell him that God loves him. And so he's walking up, and I remember um, actually approaching him and asking him what was the matter. He said he got kicked by a cow that morning, and he had such a bad limp that he could hardly walk on this thing. And, um, and, and, and I said to him, like, I said, man, this is going to sound uh, crazy, but I just want to ask you if I can pray for you. I'm a Christian, um, and I've seen God do some pretty awesome things through, through prayer. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I said, look, man, I don't, want, I don't want you to pray along with me. This isn't a kumbaya kind of thing. I just want you just to stand there and let me pray. And he goes, all right, you're fine. I, so I prayed for his leg. And, um, and he's, you know, just kind of going, watching me, waiting for nothing to happen. And, um, and pretty much I finished the prayer. I think, I think I prayed, honestly, four or five times. Nothing happened to his leg. Nothing in that moment. Nothing... No healing. He didn't get. It didn't get better. It didn't get an inch better. He he still walked away with a major limp. But you should have seen the look on this guy's face when he came to realize that this stranger took five ten minutes out of his day to want to pray for him. I literally was watching this man hold back tears, and he saw no healing. He saw nothing. And I was there telling him about how much God loves him, and I'm like, man, I said, I said, to him, can I give you a hug, dude? And he's like, all right, only because I like you, dude. And he's holding me. This guy. This guy reeks of like alcohol and everything, but it doesn't matter because because God's there. It's kind of like all of this stuff. All of this stuff is about what God wants instead of what I want. If I'm there for Him, sorry. If I'm if I'm there just to get a good result from Him, then I was never there for Him. I was there for me. So pretty much, I I ended up I ended up driving off and watching that guy actually stand still, just coming to terms with what just happened, and he saw nothing in his leg, but he was having to hold back tears. And, and um, long story short, I think a year passed after that, and that guy, that guy passed away. And I don't know how many of those encounters he would have had. My guess is that that was his first and only encounter with a good God. I don't know where he is now, but I do know that I had that opportunity, and I gave him that much room. I gave God that much room to encounter this guy. 
And I knew him because I knew him because his son. I actually went to school with his son. And um, and and pretty much he'd had he'd had a hard life. And I'd love to tell you I'd love to tell you where he is right now. I don't know. All I know is that if 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 we as a body open up or put our hands up to to an opportunity like that, then we've got a town. We've got a town that needs. We've got a gold mine of a town. And and if we allow, give God that much more room, we'll see that many more encounters. It's pretty simple. If I if I pray, if I if we go out to one town as opposed to the next, we go more over here. We're going to see more people come to know a loving God in this town than we will the ones over there if we don't go. So what does that tell me? That tells me that where I go is where there's fruit. Right. So all of us have been equipped with the Holy Spirit. Um, can we throw up Second Timothy? Thanks, Laura. This, this verse was huge for me. In the Philippines, I think three years ago, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, or can be translated to fear, but a spirit of power, of love and self-control. God loves the people in your life. God loves the people that you know, and God loves the people that you don't know. There is no wrong person to tell that God loves them. And it's the spirit of timidity that I've chosen. I'm at war with that thing, but I've chosen not to slide it into my identity. I refuse to actually tell myself that I'm a timid guy when it comes to sharing the gospel, when it, when it comes to uh, seeing God's power move. All we have to do is stretch out our hand, and God's the one that moves the waters. We go into an encounter like that with the Holy Spirit. He's like our secret weapon kind of thing. But pretty much... That spirit of timidity, although it might be a war, it is a war with me. It can be very much a war with you. My, my goal this morning was not for, not for us to uh, you know, turn into some radical Billy Graham kind of thing in one, one instant, but to separate that spirit of fear from your identity and actually leave an open hand for God to move in your life. Whatever, whatever corner it is and however it looks for you, allow God to have that much room. Start there and see where he takes you. That's what happened to me, you know, three years ago, and that's that's essentially where where I want or what I would like for you guys or what a challenge for you guys would be is to do that to give him that much more room. It's not hard to tell a telecom marketer that they that they're loved. It's scary at first, but it's not that difficult, and you probably won't hear about it again from them. I'm gonna welcome the band up. Um, if if this is all news to you, and if you don't know, if you don't know uh, even what it is, where it is that we're coming from, it's there. It's it's a God that we worship that is a loving God who steps out from heaven onto earth for your sake. You are worth dying for, right? That's what the cross is all about: is that we're all worth dying for, and that's what that's what Christ came to do was to wipe away all of our junk, so that so that we could actually live with Him. That's what, that's what the cross does. He actually separates our junk from us so that we can know God and be in a walk or in a relationship with him. When our, our potential is unlocked, when you or I are in Christ, Christ came for you. And if you don't know that this morning, then, then I would invite you to come up for prayer. And, and we're going to get, or hopefully a few of us will come up and pray for you or something like that. But um, God loves you. And I want to leave you with that. Just let me pray um, for a moment.
Father, I thank you for, for the gospel. I thank you for the power that you come with, that you, you parted waters, God, and you'll do, you would do it again to, to bring us to you. And I just thank you that we've been equipped and entrusted with the Holy Spirit. Even though, even though uh, we may mess up, uh, Father, we live under grace and we're going after what it is that you're calling us to do with, with a good and, and pure heart, Father, that we want what you want. And, and so I want to uh, thank you, Father, for encouraging the body in, in moving in the power that you provide. So I just thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.